0: Thanks, Nate. Well, it's so great to be here and uh, to be able to share with you today. I've heard many, many things about this church over the years, and I've met many people that have come to this church or been a part of this church. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really blessed. I want to thank Nate for inviting me. Um, You see, Nate and I have been getting to know each other a little bit over the last few months and uh, what well, just such a great guy. You guys are blessed to have a pastor like Nate and uh, I'm sure he's going to do wonderful things in this church. You know, I love I love that passage. I love the passage that was just been shared in Matthew 6 of the whole idea of, you know, not worrying in life. And today I want to talk about navigating worry um, because, you know, I think at the moment in life with, with everything that's going on with wars and and, uh, you know, the, the cost of living and, 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 and things we're facing, some of us are facing uh, illness in our life and, and struggles in our life, and uh, some of us are open about those things, some of us are quite private about those things and don't share about those things, but the reality is worry seems to be a default mechanism in us as humans. It's like part of our humanity is that we tend to go to worry before we go anywhere else. And so there's a lot of people right now worrying about a lot of things and I believe God's got some words to say about that. You know, when we read this passage in Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about material things. What he's basically teaching is that, you know, do not worry about material things, what you wear, what you eat, those sorts of things. But we understand that that's just one area of life that can be uh, engulfed in worry. There are many other areas of our life that, that we can default to worry in uh, that aren't, aren't, aren't material, that isn't about money, isn't about what we have, but it can be about our health, our marriage, our kids, um, all sorts of things. And depending on what we're going through, um, that can influence our ability uh, to be able to, you know, to go into that place of worry. And so I wanted to share about that today and talk about navigating worry. You know, my wife and I, when we met, we used to go for drives. And uh, we would drive, you know, here, there and everywhere. And sometimes we'd use a street directory. You remember street directories, right? <laughs> now we've got Google Maps. You know, my kids don't have a clue what a street directory is. Uh, or a dial phone. They don't have a clue what a dial phone is. Um, but, you know, we used to go, oh, well, we kind of know the general direction. So let's just wing it and see if we can get there. So we'd kind of just drive and go, well, we're kind of heading this way, um, so we'll just see if we can get there. But here's the thing I realised in doing that is it's really hard to get somewhere when you're just trying to wing it. You tend to just take the wrong turn or the wrong direction and you get completely lost and you should be over there, but you're over here and then that's, who knows, that's not great for your marriage <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> and uh, no, you were meant to know, no, you were meant to know, and uh, But uh, you know the thing is, when it comes to worry and and, and our mental health, we can't wing it. You can try and ignore it, or you can put your head in the sand and think it's going to go away, or you can just try and navigate life without dealing with it, but the reality is if you don't confront it, if you don't try and solve the problem or work on the problem, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, I'm speaking from experience in my life. I've had uh, you know, some years ago had a pretty severe mental breakdown and, of, uh, and have struggled with depression, and anxiety for many, many years, probably over nearly 30 years. And, uh, you know, it's only been in the last five to six, maybe seven years that I've actually been getting the help that I really need um, to be able to navigate and be able to get over those struggles. And so, um, for me, it wasn't great. I, I my life felt like it was falling apart. I was pastoring a church at the time. Um, actually, I, a lot of the struggle that I've had, I've been a Christian for now 20 years this year, and a lot of the struggle has been that whole time. All the 20 years I've been struggling as a pastor with mental illness and, and trying to you know, lead people in faith, but also struggling in myself with my identity and in, in my mind and, and all sorts of things. And uh, you know, I actually wrote a book about it that you, you know, that talks all about that story, um, which I'm not going to share today. But, um, but the reality was is, is, is I had to learn how to navigate worry. Another word for worry would be anxiety. There is a difference between the word worry and anxiety. Uh, worry is, is, is more mom, uh, momentary, where anxiety is more persistent. But the words are somewhat interchangeable when it comes to, uh, I guess you know, our life is that we worry and if, if worry isn't dealt with, it, it can turn into anxiety and then anxiety can be debilitating. And so Jesus is teaching his disciples to not worry about things that are not meant to be significant in their life. So we're not meant to over overly be concerned with our material wealth and our, our material things. Those things are are a blockage sometimes for our relationship with Christ. And we can get lost in worrying about things that, that, that have no significant impact when it comes to who we are as a person. And I know we're facing lots of challenges right now with, with the cost of living and all those sorts of things, and, the, and, and we can be concerned and worried, but the reality is we can either worry or we can worship. We can either worry or we can turn to God and trust that he's going to come through for us and help us in this situation. So, no matter what we're facing, whether it be a physical thing, or maybe it is a medical thing, or maybe it is a, a family thing, or maybe at the moment your children, one of them's off the rails and they're, they're not doing what you feel like is right for God, the reality is worry is not going to change the problem. And I had to learn it myself through, you know, struggling with fear and worry that, that if I lived in that space, I was never going to find freedom. I was never going, to, never, going, never going to be able to get free to the point where I could live my life and not be controlled by the negativity, by the thoughts and the, and the controlling nature of depression and anxiety that it has. And so, you know, Jesus obviously wants us to learn how to shift that default on the inside of us, to not live in a place of worry all the time, to, To shift out of that default mechanism that's in our human nature to shift to the negative straight away. God wants us to shift to Him. God wants us to focus on Him. God wants us to bring our worries and concerns to Him. You know, the Bible tells us, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication. Bring your requests to God. Why? Because God is the only one that can help us navigate the stresses and problems in life. God is the only one. We have a map. We have a directory. It's called the Bible. Every single word in this book is for you, not against you. Every single word in this book is there to help you navigate this life. And and I've found, as I've been on my journey, that, that the Bible has become more and more significant in me being able to move forward where I've been stuck. And so it's not really a matter of if I will worry but when I will worry, because worry will come. It will come to us. We know that. If you've lived any more than, you know, I guess children, not so much, but but if, you, if you're an adult, you've you know, been married and, and you've got a house or you've got kids, and you know worry worry comes so quickly. You know, my son just got his, his uh, P's licence. He's just started driving on his own. Up until that point, I was teaching him to drive, I was with him every drive, so I was feeling okay, but, but now he's out driving by himself. I tell you what, that sometimes spikes some concern. Because we know that people platers never drive too fast, <laughs> and they never make irrational decisions, and they never get egged on by their friends, especially young male men. Like, so, you know, like, teaching him, like I said to him early on when he started driving, I said, mate, you realise you're driving a weapon. And he's like, oh... What do you mean? I said, well, cars can kill people. And so I just tried to teach him responsibility, but it doesn't stop me from thinking, I hope he's okay. I hope everything's going to be okay. But what I, what I love about having a relationship with Jesus is I can have that thought come and be, a, be concerned, but then go, God, I put him in your hands. I trust you with my son and I know that you're going to look after him. And so, you know, it's t- taking that worry and turning it, turning it into a, a step towards Christ and saying, God, I trust you. See, the problem with worry, why do we worry? Why do we worry? I think the main reason why we worry, and the Bible tells us here in Matthew, um, Jesus says, you know, if that is how God closed the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will, not, will he not much more clothe you? And he says, you have little faith. I think often we worry because it's a faith issue. Often, and I'm not saying we don't have faith, right? Every one of us, if we have Christ, we have faith. It took faith to come to Christ. The Bible tells us that God has given us a portion of faith, every single one of us. The Bible says that faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain. That's a very small amount of faith, but it's got great potential. And so I'm not saying that it's, we don't have faith, but I say, what I'm saying is that in certain areas of our life, our faith can struggle to believe that something good can come out of that situation. So we, we are really good at having faith in this area, that area, we trust God in that area, but this area, not so much. I'd like to think I do, but the reality is I struggle in this area to have faith and trust that God is able to change this situation. And so, you know, I've met many of people with, with cancer and, and, and had that conversation with them. Dave, I just struggle to believe that this is going to change. I just struggle to believe that this is one particular lady, Peggy. She was probably 80 years old. She had had uh, cancer and unfortunately she passed away. But I got to have a great conversation with her before she passed away. I used to meet with her kind of weekly towards the end. And she said, Dave, I'm worried. I said, what are you worried about? She said, I'm worried that I'm not going to go to heaven. But I said, Peggy, you know that you have a relationship with Jesus. She says, yes, but I don't know whether I've sorted out my life with everybody that you know, maybe hasn't, has been offended or, or hurt or done something with. And, you know, we had this conversation around her worry and helping her understand, Peggy, it's going to be okay. God's got this. You, you, you've repented. You've come to him. You've laid your life down to Christ. you lived your life all these years for him. He's not going to turn his back on you now. You don't have to worry about this, Peggy, I said to her. It's all going to be Okay. And unfortunately she passed away but she was a beautiful lady and it was from that moment after that conversation you say, I sensed this sense of peace and calm that come upon her as she lifted her eyes off her circumstance and put them onto Jesus. So let me give you two things that can help worry. Help, help us navigate worry, not help worry. We don't want to help worry. <laughs> help us navigate worry and, and anxiety. The verse is this, living a lean in life. What do I mean by that? If if we go to Proverbs 3 verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. I love this verse. It's such a great verse. Because the reality is, is we can tell what we trust in by what we lean on. In times of trouble, in times of difficulty, we can tell what we trust in by what we're leaning on. Some of us maybe lean on our spouse or other people. Some of us lean on the doctor. Some of us lean on alcohol. Some of us lean on drugs. Some people lean on all sorts of different mechanisms and crutches to get them through a challenging situation. Or some of us actually lean on God. But what we lean on shows us what we trust in. And, and you know, it's like realising when I was going through d- dark depression days, I, I leaned on a lot of different things to try and get me through that. I mean, I, don't, I think I lean on sugar for a long time in that situation because sugar gave me a, a kick. And it might sound weird, but, but when you can't get yourself and drag yourself out of bed in the morning, you just you want something that's going to give you a kick, right? So, so this is how people get stuck on drugs because, well, we just need something that's going to lift me up, you know? And so then the addiction happens. But, but the reality is is if we lean, live a lean-in life, we lean into Christ. You know, many years ago, when my wife and I were uh, engaged and we, we had like a Buck's Hens party thing, and um, anyway, at the, the start of the day, we, we, we come together as a group, as the uh, bridal party, and we had a, uh, my best man was a ropes uh, guy. He worked for a company that did like abseiling and all those sorts of things. Anyway, um, he said to me, he said, wouldn't it be a great idea if um, if for your you know the the, uh, the the beginning of your hens bucks day or whatever you want to call it uh, we go and do some abseiling and i'm like well i'm not very adventurous but okay let's do that and my wife wanted to do it anyway it ended up it wasn't abseiling but it was actually rap jumping has anyone ever heard of dra- rap jumping so abseiling right is when you go down backwards rap jumping is when you go down forwards and when we're up on the top of the hill, on top of, we, we actually went out, not the top of the hill, we're at uh, the Crown Plaza in Parramatta. And we're up on the top of the building. And, uh, and, you know, they're talking us through all the stuff and we're putting on the harnesses and then the guy before me goes and I watch him just disappear over the edge. You know, you stand on the edge of the thing like this. Like, oh, yeah, this is great. Anyway, then it was my turn and the guy comes up and he hooks me onto the rope. He says, when you step out over the edge, keep your legs straight and, and, and lean into the rope and lean out and then you'll be face down. And I'm like, okay, that's great. This is not natural at all. Uh, if God wanted me to do this, he would have gave me wings, right? <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so I come out and I, I lean over and he goes, listen, just trust me, lean into the rope and let it take the weight. And so I leant into the rope and although my knees were wobbly and knocking together, I, I managed to hold them straight and, uh, and and I ran down the face of this building. I only did it once. I'd never do. It. I don't know if I'd ever do it again. <laughs> but uh, but it was exhilarating. It was amazing, right? But the the lesson I learned from that in in hindsight was the ability to lean into the rope. I had to trust the instructor. I had to trust the harness. I had to trust the rope with my life, because if it it broke, I would have been a pancake. I would have been done. We wouldn't have got married. We wouldn't have had all these beautiful kids. I wouldn't be here today. I'd be a long lost memory. And, and the reality is, is, is our faith can be like that. We can be challenged with things that are confronting, cause anxiety, cause struggle inside of us. We're not quite sure what's going to happen. How are we going to get through this one? And we can try and, and try, try and figure it out. But God is saying, just lean into me. Be a lean in person. When, when, you, when, when you struggle, don't default to worry, but let worry, worry lead you to worship. Let worry lead you to Christ. And, and, and if you can do that, and you let Him take the strain, you let Him take the weight. And I don't know sometimes it's easier said than done. But the reality is, we have Christ, and He's in our life, and He's there waiting for us to lean into Him. Lean in. So live a lean in life. Trust not on your own understanding. Don't try and work it all out by yourself because there are some things we will never work out on this side of heaven. There are some things we'll never understand. The second thing, and I'm nearly done, the second thing is this, living a looking up life. Living a looking up life. You want to live a lean in life, lean into Christ, but also live a looking up life. If worry is a problem for you, like it was for me, learning to lift up our eyes and look to Christ is very important. Because if we keep our eyes on the, on the struggle, it's very, very hard to trust that God is able. But we know the Bible tells us that God is able to do immeasurably more than we can think or ask. We know that God is all powerful and all his ability to sustain us and get us through is, is second to none. There's nothing else on this, on this planet that can do what God can do. There is no one else that we know can get us through. There is no self-help book that's going to get you through it the way God's word can get you through it. And so the second thing is to live a looking up life. So to live a lean in life is a life of trust in Christ. I trust him. But to live a looking up life is a life of faith in Christ. I choose to look to heaven. I choose to look to him instead of the problem. I don't ignore the problem. My head is not in the sand, but I don't allow the problem to dictate my faith and control the outcome of this situation. Even if it was never to change, I will live my life looking to Jesus. If you go to uh, Psalms 121 verse 1 to 2, it's, David writes his psalm and he says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. For where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and the earths, earths, Earth, sorry, only one earth. And I love that word. I love those script, those words, because it's David saying, I will take responsibility for where my eyes fall in my life. And when I find myself in struggle, you've read the Psalms, you see David constantly coming to God with his struggles. The enemies are at him. Things are not going well. Things are not great. But he always ends the Psalms one of his psalms has always end with him lifting up his eyes and looking to God in trust and faith. Nearly every Psalm you'll read, it starts in this place of of lamenting and and reflecting and the struggle and the difficulty, but then David ends up towards the end, lifts up his eyes and says, but you are my refuge, you are my hope, you are my God, I will trust in you, I will follow you, Lord, you will take care of my woes, you will take care of my struggles. And so looking up, lifting up our eyes, you know... um, Many years ago, uh, when I proposed to my wife, we went to, uh, she was in America, she was over there doing some work in a, I think it was a Baptist church over there, actually, wasn't it? And um, she had some friends over there that uh, she connected with, and she went for six months to America, and we had met before she left, and, and then all of a sudden, while she's there, we're thinking, oh, it might be a good idea to go and propose. And so, so so, I got time, I was actually in Bible college at the time, and so I got two-week break in Bible college, so I flew to America, and... Uh, we went to um, a place called, no wasn't, that not where we got engaged, I'm sorry in Canada, um, Lake Louise, Lake Louise and uh, when we were in Lake Louise we got there and the, the has anyone ever seen pictures of Lake Louise? Yeah? Yeah? So it's a big, beautiful lake. There's a big hotel on it. And it freezes in winter. And so when we got there, it was kind of coming in out of winter into spring. And uh, But the lake was frozen. And people would walk out on the lake. And so we we thought, well, well, my wife thought, why don't we go and walk on the lake? I'm thinking, why don't we stay on this ground over here that's trusted, tried and tested? Anyway, so we we, uh, we, we go across and my brother-in-law was with us and we uh, we look at it and... OK, so I go, OK, in my head I'm like, all right, I can see where people are walking, the snow you can see, that's, by, that, that's where I'm going to walk. It's tried and tested, right? In hindsight, probably not the best spot because maybe somebody could have cracked under the weight, who knows? I don't know, all this stuff was going through my head. Anyway, then I'm walking out, I look over and over this side where the ice rink was, it started to melt and they had it all fenced off, saying, don't come here. I'm, you know, for me, I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. And uh, anyway, so we're walking out and we get about 50, I don't know, 30, 40 metres out. And it's pretty, it's pretty good. I'm like, this is all right. The ice hasn't broken under my feet yet. I'm still looking like a man in front of my wife and not like a cowardly inside me scaredy cat. And um, anyway, so we're walking out and, and I'm thinking, this is okay. I think we can, I can manage this. And then, and then and my wife says to me, she goes, you know, it would be really great. I'm like, no, no, what would be really great? Like, you've got me doing something I would never have ever done in my life. But what would be really great, Emma? And she goes, why don't we walk where no one's walked before? <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't want to come across because, you know, we just just got engaged. I don't want to come across, you know, I want a wife. I don't want her to leave me thinking she's some weakling. So, okay, I just say, okay, I'll do it. So we walk out and I'm walking and as I'm walking, who's ever seen one of those movies where where they, and I was thinking of a movie, I think it's called King Arthur, it's an older movie, and and, and, and the bar- barbarians or the Vikings come and, and they're, they're on this ice and it breaks and these guys fall through and these guys go like this, trying to get out of the ice because they couldn't get out from under the ice. In my head, my head's like, ah, I'm gonna i have got to die. The ice is broken. And I'm looking and every time I'm looking, I'm like, is that a crack? Did I hear it? Crack? Anyway, as I come out, we walked about 10 metres over and, Anyway, then I just started to lift up my eyes and I looked around and I saw the mountains and snow-capped mountains and just the, you know, just the, the wonder of God's creation, really. And as I'm looking, I'm looking around and I start walking and I didn't even realise that I'm walking around and I'm no longer concerned about what's beneath me because I'm fixated what's above me. And I thought, wow, look at this creation. And you know, That's the beauty of living a looking up life. It takes faith to lift up our eyes, but as we lift our eyes and look to Jesus, all the things that have gone wrong, all the things that we could worry about, all the concerns that we can have, they may not go away, but we can live above them. We can live a life that lives above the situation. So God wants us to live a leaning in life, leaning into Christ, trusting him, and live a looking up life a life of faith that trusts that God is able to do what he's promised to do. Fantastic. Well, we're going to wrap it up and how about we pray and then I'll hand back. Fantastic. Lord, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word is powerful and effective. We thank you that your word is trustworthy and true. We thank you today, Lord, that your word is able to transform. We thank you for Jesus, Lord. May our relationship with Jesus become more enriched, more trusting, and more full of faith than we are currently standing here today. So, Lord, I pray your blessing over this congregation. I ask, Father, that you would help those in the room today that struggle with anxiety and and worry, Lord. And, Lord, that you would help every single one of us in whatever we're facing to lean into you and to trust you in faith to look up, and we just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you.